Welcome to Ag Credit Set It. In each episode, our hosts sit down with experts from all parts of the agriculture industry to bring you insights and must-have information on all things from farming to finances and everything in between. Welcome back to Ag Credit Set It. I'm Libby Wixson, and I'm here with Matt Adams for today's episode. It's great to be back with you, Libby. Uh, this is my first episode of season two. Looking forward to getting back into the uh, the old podcast routine. Something uh, very enjoyable. I I told one person I say, you know, if I could uh, just make podcasting my full time career, that and farming, and then just do you know the, the account officer thing on the side a little bit. But no, I'm kidding. But uh, this is just uh, just a great uh, thing that we can do here. Yeah, we're excited for season two. You guys get me for two episodes in a row. October is National Pork Month, so we are here today in Bucyrus with Horde Farms. Um, We're having a discussion today with Phil Horde. Phil is the first of the fifth generation to work on on Horde Farm and currently leads the farm sow production teams as well as research and innovation initiatives for the business. Welcome, Phil. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, great. I'm glad to be with you guys today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about Horde Farms? Absolutely. Yeah. So I've been back at our business for about seven years now. I have a wife and two kids, uh, Hallie and Mia. They're three and one. And girls can be pig farmers. That's that's the <laughs> motto around here these days. Uh, but my sister and I are the, the next of the uh, generation, next generation that are currently working in the business. Um, I work more on the operations side and, and Colleen uh, works in our finance and accounting office. And um, it's been really fun. I've got to to do different things around the, the business as I've came back and um, really enjoy uh, learning. I feel like I've never, there's always something to, to new to learn and get into every day. So, uh, yeah. You know, I think it definitely seems like, uh, you know, the livestock industry ever changing, probably changing faster, it seems, and maybe even, you know, the crop production side. Now you guys uh, with Horde Farms, are you integrated livestock and grain? Yeah, so we we have uh, hogs. That, you know, pigs would be our main uh, main line of business, uh, but we also farm uh, eight thousand acres of, of row crops and, and grasses. Uh, my grandfather also has uh, finishes out about a thousand head of beef cattle every year, so uh, we're able to utilize some of our screenings from our grain and uh, just some of the forages and, and things that we also grow on the the fields and. Um, yeah, so it's we also have our own feed milling division. So we purchase grain from from many farmers. Some may maybe even listening uh, here with us today. Really enjoy that relationship that we have with our community of farmers in the area to purchase grain that then is fed locally here uh, to livestock within the region. So really, a diversified business that you guys have here. Yeah, yeah, we've taken taken the approach of how do we go, uh, how do how do we control more of the process? How do we not just from a an act of controlling it, right? But more about how do we ensure quality? How do we uh, improve the processes? And a lot of that's just from from controlling, like feed feed milling, for example. You know, one of my roles in nutrition, uh, formulating our own feeds and and delivering that, getting the right ration to the right pig at the right time. Um, is, is really important. It's a huge uh, part of what we do every day is is delivering feed to pigs. So, Yeah, so we passed a lot of feed checks, at least on my way up yeah. here today. Yeah. And, and, and I will tell you, Phil, um, thank you for inviting us to your facility, a very beautiful facility where we're recording today. And one thing Libby pointed out, and I think uh, all our listeners know, uh, we look at Horde Farms, and just looking around um, your office, 
uh, the culture that you guys promote within, um, you know, with family and the vision statements. That's that's very impressive, and I, I think it's one of those things that might be missed on a lot of family businesses. Yeah, it's it's definitely hard, right? I think there's not a playbook for how to how to run a family business as it is, but um, obviously within agriculture too is uh, you know we look at ourselves as a family of a lot of different people. We have obviously our, our family in and of itself, but then we have team members that uh, that work in the business, and then we also have our family of of uh, growing partners and and our uh, guys and, and gals that we purchase grain from as well. So it is a big family and, and uh, being in the community and, and being um, an agribusiness in the region is it's a honor and, and a huge responsibility that we don't take lightly. And Personally, I mean, obviously Adam and I have a barn with you guys and Adam works for you guys and we, you know, we definitely feel that down, you know, with me and then even, even obviously my son (laughs) with our kids going to school together. So yeah, we definitely feel that here personally. So I think we would like to ask you some of our questions here on um, what you guys exactly do as an integrator. Can you explain that? Yeah, we have the opportunity to explain what we do on a very basic level to people that maybe have never seen a pig before. So I'll kind of I'll start basic and then we can get as advanced as you want, right? Maybe our listeners have a little bit more <laughs> they have more than a basic understanding of of agriculture and how we get food on the plate, but but ultimately we have uh, sow farms or what we call breeding and birthing farms where we have uh, sows. We bring them in as gilts, which is an unbred animal. Uh, we, we actually make or we, we breed and birth our own replacement animals. So we're starting with an animal that started on one of our farms. Um, all the new moms would, if you think about it that so way. So you have your own genetics that you guys are, are raising. Yeah, so we, we work with a genetic company that provides us with uh, with that on the terminal side, on the, the semen side, but then we haven't brought in a, a female, as what we call it, you know, a, a guild onto our farm uh, from externally for, for quite some time, well over a decade, uh, if not two at this point. So what we're doing is taking that specialized female and they're going into our, our breeding and birthing farms. We're obviously breeding them. Uh, we we ut- utilize artificial insemination, which is, uh, the product is not artificial, right? It's uh, collected, the, the semen product is collected at a specialized boar stud site um, that we then uh, distribute out to our farms, breed those animals, and then about 115 days later, they, they give birth to piglets. From there, obviously, there's a lot that goes into that process in terms of getting those uh, gilts to the point where they come into the farms and then uh, are bred and, and give birth and, and that whole process. But once those pigs are born, they stay with the sow for about three weeks and uh, are then weaned into growing barns, into uh, the farms that our, our contract partners uh, would, would operate for us. So, you know, taking that one step further, we talk about, so we've started from the breeding end to now we have piglets. They're weaned off their mom. We're going to a finished barn. How's the contract finished barn side work? Yeah, so there's kind of different strategic ways. You look across the pork industry as a whole, and some families or companies like ours would own and operate and manage their own finishing barns. Um, back in the 80s, I would say, early 90s for sure, we started to really get into, and you saw the industry progress through uh, contract uh, relationships with farmers that they did not have the resources or didn't even have the 
uh, desire to get into the breeding and birthing side, but wanted to raise pigs and have a part of that process. And so that's exactly how it is today. There hasn't been a lot of changes uh, to that whole process. Obviously, building designs can change and things like that. But ultimately, that uh, relationship or that the way that process works is that, for example, Libby, right, if she has a barn, which she does, so this is a real life example, but um, if she didn't, right, uh, you know, we would, she would build a barn, she would build it to our specifications. Um, if Libby had some ground, she may be able to utilize that as a collateral for, for her uh, building that she's about to build um, and get going, right? And then we would write an agreement uh, that Libby would do certain things for her barn, right? She would uh, obviously own and own the facility, which she would be having an investment in a, in a barn. Um, but then we would compensate her for her time to, to care for the pigs, which is one of the components. Uh, she would also have utilities that she would pay for. So uh, that's in that agreement. And then from there, she would also have the manure that she can, she, she can handle and uh, figure out what to do with. And uh, that's a whole nother conversation here recently. The manure has, has been valuable for a while, but it, you know, obviously in our high uh, input pricing on our cropping operations, the manure has been extremely valuable here, uh, especially the last year here. So really, uh, Lib, you know, at, at that point, Libby is just taking those pigs that we retain in our ownership. Um, we're providing her with the feed. We know what age her pigs are. We, we that process is kind of seamless, um, from a, uh, healthcare standpoint too, from a veterinarian care, we'd provide any sort of interventions that she would need. Um, really her goal and her, you know, what, what, how the relationship works is, uh, a lot of the things that may be more difficult to coordinate or to have from Libby's end, we, we take that out and we say, okay, how do we, you know, that's what we would provide. So the pigs and the feed and, and all the other inputs are things that we would provide, but uh, the basic everyday care and loading in and out and uh, the washing and, and pre preparation of the barn for new pigs, all that would be on Libby. That's what we would be working on. So so you kind of talked about uh, early 90s when really the industry made a change where I would guess most, a lot of farmers that were uh, uh, hog producers at the time maybe had like 20 to 30 sows and ran there from start to finish on operation where when that switched an integrator like you guys come in now your contract finisher still has liability and risk in this game but you guys are more mitigating that risk by working with them being a contract grower do you see that that has um, production gotten better being able to control those type of aspects i th i mean i think so i think that it allows us to focus on one part of the process, right? Not that we don't help Libby through anything that she would need, but um, it allows our efforts, our management team, everything to kind of focus on different areas. Um, we still have people, we have service service technicians and a team that would be out supporting those like Libby, I keep using her in my example, right? You know, having check-ins, helping work through issues, you know, just any sort of coordination. But yeah, certainly it takes that risk out for someone like Libby uh, to, to be able to have a barn. And uh, we assume a lot of that risk on our end. And, you know, so once once those pigs are raised throughout the process, uh, we would then work with Libby in this example to uh, schedule loads, right? When those hogs are ready for market, uh, we schedule those loads with her. She would uh, work to get those on the truck. And then from there, Libby doesn't have to think about them again. 
there's no yeah they, there's no direct involvement in the marketing process and that would be on our staff and on our relationships with the processor side to have a home for those at the the processing facility and you know that would be our, on our end of the deal and that's why I think, you know, the whole, going back to the 90s, the whole piece of getting to a processing plant and marketing was just, you know, and that's so difficult right now for anybody that wants to be independent. So having that taken, that piece taken out of it and still raising hogs. And I mean, that's a, it's a great, it's a win-win for everybody. And I guess, can you um, share a little bit, how long are your contracts typically? Yeah, so it's gonna depend on on a lot of variety of, of things. If you're building a new barn, you know we would generally help you out by maybe writing a little longer of a contract, right? And that may be what what Libby needs as a lender to be able to make that happen, <laughs> right. right? She likes to see those long term deals, and and but those work out really mutually, right? It's hey, I kind of know, I know that my the the financial side is more or less locked in at that point, depending on obviously the product that they would be working with you on at that credit and. Uh, for us, we know that, hey, we have that space. We were working with that farmer for that that period of time. And it's been very few times where we've had to, to exit those agreements, right? We've been able to find amazing people, uh, you know, people that do really well with, with animals. And it's been, you know, it's kind of interesting. We've seen the, and it's always, kind of always been this way through this model, right? But it's allowed smaller farms to be able to add a family member back to the business or to maybe even uh, allow that current farmer to continue in business. And that is a really cool thing for us to see. And, and now that some of these, you know, we've been doing this for so long, we're starting to see that next generation of young farmers be interested in this kind of a model. Um, I think we'll see more of, of older individuals that are, are getting to the point where, hey, I don't, I, I don't want to do this as much anymore. And maybe there'll be some more uh, transfer of, of of ownership of those kind of assets that are already out there, you know, we'll see what happens, but having a next generation, having young people, um, sometimes I feel like we're a little on this Island, right? Where there's fewer, fewer of us than, than ever before, but, um, there's a lot of opportunities, right? It, it kind of takes out, Hey, I know what I, I know what's required of me when I go into a contract like this, I don't have to worry about, you know, X, Y, and Z, the, the nutrition side, the, the marketing side, like you mentioned, it takes a lot of the variables out and provides a way to, to add income back to each individual farm. If you are a young beginning or small farmer looking to build or purchase a contract barn, contact your local Ag Credit branch about the Ag Start program. We all start somewhere. Start here. Learn more at agcredit.net. And I know at Ag Credit we talk a lot about diversification and that and, and having younger members enter enter that way when the you know the row crops aren't going to support the family, um, you know having that family member come back in and that's at least um, from the loans that I've done for contract barns that's what it's been and it has been you know it's as exciting for us to be able to see those members come back to the farm and and do what they love and you know and continue on and and it's funny that you talk about the next generation coming in because I don't know about you, Matt, but that's what I've seen happen, you know, in our area. Um, just we, we've been working more with that next generation coming in. And I think that's one of the big things that we see now is, especially with land prices been increased like they have with, through our whole area, the next generation coming back to the farm, like you said, it's it's just not sustainable to add that many more acres. The cash rent ground's not out there, maybe really available, but 
With this, we have, you know, able to bring the other operation member into the operation and kind of sustain growth for the future. So kind of what we touched base on, uh, Phil, um, you know, you talked about some of the benefits of being a contract grower. I'm a farmer and I'm going to put up a contract finish barn. Why should I? What are the what are the benefits I'm going to see on my end? Sell it to me. Lucky for our listeners, I don't work in sales, so <laughs> um, this, this should be real interesting. No, it's it's actually been the, quite the opposite of in terms of needing to sell the pro, sell the process to to people, right? They it's been around long enough that the the basis of the whole idea has been verified or validated, right? That it works. That uh, you can have a have a 10, 15, whatever, 12-year loan, whatever the length of the loan would be or however long that, that amortization needs to work out. But the the point being is you have an asset at the end, right? You're, you're building equity in something. And so especially for our crop guys, um, you know, it's it's a great way to take, especially if they own land, even if it's not a lot. Um, if you own a piece of land, you can use that to to kind of back and you talk about land value increasing. Well, okay, that can help a little bit on mm-hmm. this end of things, right? We won't talk about interest rates, but um, <laughs> but the way our contracts work would be okay. If you're interested, it would be where where do we want to cite the barn, right? Or what is your background first? If we just go way back, you know what what is the capability that you would have to do that? If you are a one man show trying to uh, run a thousand acre farm, like that's probably not going to work, right? You wouldn't have the ability to do that at the time. Um, I know us as farmers think we have we can do anything, but I'm learning quickly that's not possible. <laughs> so let's start with the feasibility just from what the structure would be. From there, it's, you know, okay, we feel like you can get get a loan for what you would be looking for. We would meet with you to, to discuss what the barn design could look like. We would start talking about siding um, in terms of, and I say siding, it would be, hey, where are we going to put this? Um, you know, Ohio, we have a, a scoring system that we and we want to be a good neighbors too, right? A lot of our family and team members work and also live near farms. So we are already aware of, of how we want. We don't want to cause issues um, from a siding a barn. Uh, so placing and site, site placement is super important. From there, we keep the process keeps going, right? You say, hey, this looks good. You know, we discuss obviously the financials. We would break that down with you. We have projections of what we believe in barn price, like facility costs is like crazy. I'm sure like, that's been a challenge for you guys in the last 24 months, especially. Yeah, for sure it is. And it's not any easier for us than it is someone like you looking at it, right? It's so difficult. I mean, I just heard recently, maybe from the highs of where lumber was, we're, we're down 50% from those highs. So things are coming down a little bit, but um, by all means, it's, uh, you know, we're, that's taken into consideration when we look at agreement where you would need to be in order to make it feasible because ultimately it has to be a win-win if we you know because you would not do that project if it wasn't going to be able to create a return for you that was you know because that's what you have to look at what is your roi on your investment Uh, what is what is that not just short term what's that long term so there's a lot of things uh, but no, so that's, that's one good thing your account officer always likes to hear is return on investment. Tell yeah. me how we're going to pay for this. <laughs> yeah, but okay, that moves forward. We sign an agreement. You know, you get get going. We start building the the site, and I mean, from there, the process is just it's 
it's easy, right? I mean, it seems relatively easy to us because we deal with it a lot, but we would have a support person there to walk through everything from how do you, how do I run these fancy fans that come on when they're supposed to? And how do I make sure that my, my feed's getting into the barn and working through those kind of things would be part of the onboarding process. And you know, it's it's not rocket science. As long as we have have the right things in place and the right mentality of why you're doing it and how you're going to do it, how you're going to feasibly do it, and uh, it can be an awesome way for for families to add things to their farm. And as a grain farmer, I think one thing you touched on earlier is that benefit from the manure that your barn is going to generate to help with input costs on our crops right now, especially with uh, what fertilizer has done and is going to probably continue to do? Yeah, I mean, nature gives us gold. Um, sometimes it smells worse than others, but for sure uh, this year it's uh, it smells more like gold, I think, to we, a lot we, we of We should people. tag, that'd be a great uh, yeah. podcast ep- yeah. <laughs> name for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, our PR people are going to go crazy on that one. I think for for your point, you know, it's been there's obviously years where that's been better than not. You know, and the other thing is if you are building on a piece of land, we have farmers that work with their neighboring guy, you know, their neighboring farmers. If they don't have land right there, yeah, they work through that and and that can be even depending on if that's a sale, right? That can be even a yet another income stream for that particular farm. Um, but we're, we're finding how valuable it is, right? The natural organic manure is just, you can't hardly beat it with where you, where the... And when you talk about siting the barn, one thing I've noticed just with uh, members I work with and friends that are contract growers, the technology that I think has come into your industry, the barns now from even, say, 10 years ago, you can drive by a lot of facilities, you know it's a hog farm, you don't smell the hog farm. Is is that something that you guys are always continually trying to improve on? Yeah, when we look at siding, we're we're trying to place near natural buffers, right? And if those natural buffers don't exist, we have many many sites that have planted trees or planted shrubs, whatever we want to look at doing to try to create that. But yeah, being intentional about placement, you know, there's a lot of sites that are that were placed before we really started thinking about this, right? Or there's been development that's occurred around those sites. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we can't change a lot of that. There's some really cool things coming down, you know, in the future, I think, uh, that we've ways to reduce smell through nutrition. There's uh, There's some farms out west that have been working on uh, ways to mitigate dust uh, transfer out of the farm. Okay. There's there's a lot of cool stuff that's going, but I mean, you can't replace a good sided facility, a good sided barn, regardless of what kind of livestock it is, is your first line of defense towards trying to, to be a friendly neighbor, right? Um, it's It has to start there, but I think there's, there's lots of things coming that will help us continue as an industry mitigating that challenge for sure. So other than the siting piece of it, which is challenging, I do know, um, what other challenges could potential growers face that they don't think about when they first initially are thinking about putting up a contract barn? Yeah, I think if the mentality of that it's going to be, I'm going to be in and out of the barn in 10 minutes every day. Okay, that's that's a problem, right? <laughs> that does not happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, Libby says it doesn't happen at her barn, so we're all good. Um, so, 
No, for sure. That's a, that's one one thing we kind of move into, and maybe that's more as as you get into a routine, and it, it's several years down the road. We just have to have re realigning the expectations of how much care we have, how much time, and then maintenance thing. That's another big thing. You have to keep up on maintenance. Pigs are they can be destructive with uh, with equipment inside the barn. So they're, they're naturally curious animals, right? You have, you have to be aware of that. So maintenance is another kind of surprise some, some people have over time. And ultimately, uh, just some of the challenges that come with, you know, pigs get are natural beings, right? So there can be some, some health challenges that come in every now and then. And that's where our team is there to support and, and help that individual as we work through any of those kind of various challenges. Yeah, and just again, like my personal experience, they a lot of the things that Phil just had talked about, you know, you do, you guys have supported us through all of those things, you know, especially on maintenance um, and you know healthcare issues. Um, so yeah, I mean that's those are those are good challenges to think about. And again, just to reiterate, you will not be in and out of the barn quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just have to keep that in mind. I mean, it, it's not going to take you, you know, a long time to do chores. Yeah, it will take but half a just... day to do anything, right? And depending on the age and the size of pig, that really matters too, right? Yeah. So they get older, they become more self-sufficient. It's kind of like a child growing, right? <laughs> yes, like absolutely. They, yep. uh, they get a little easier as they get older and then the process starts all over again. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Phil, um, where can a potential grower go to find information on the barns? And if they want to get more information on uh, to grow with uh Horde Farms, uh, who can they contact? Absolutely. We have a, a website. It's pretty easy, just hordefarms.com. And uh, we have a section on there to point people to uh, fill out a little form, a growing partner contact form. And uh, that's probably the best way. You can also uh, email us at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at hordefarms.com. Um, that can get you to the right direction. And by all means, uh, our office doors are open, so come see us sometime as well if that's of interest. Well, thank you very much, Phil, for uh, being part of this with us today. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's episode. For more information on livestock facilities and how Ag Credit can help you get started, please reach out to one of our branches or visit us online at agcredit.net. Don't forget to leave a review if you like what you hear and tell a friend. We'll talk to you the next time on Ag Credit Set. Thank you for listening to Ag Credit Set It. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. While you are there, leave us a review to help others find the show. Let's talk ag in between episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag Credit. For more tips and resources, visit agcredit.net.